Dear listeners, to episode 23 of the Empty Rooms of Gorsky Manor, Harry is here, our guide on tale two, leading the way into new realms of the manor through the things in the corners of Gorsky Manor. What lurks here, we soon shall see. Shall we go in the back door? Up the old back stairs, my dear? Harry asked, offering me his hand with the most bewitching smile upon his lips. They await. Please, I answered with excitement as I glanced to the amazing facade of the manor looming above the apple orchard we now stood within. And this time I accepted his hand. He removed his top hat with a flourish as we slowly followed the cobblestone path. Dusk gently descended over us, slowly becoming twilight. A thought crossed his mind as he hesitated, then, with affection, placing his top hat on my head. Oh, I felt like a schoolgirl wearing the sweater of my bow. Is that what we are? Like the ghost and Mrs. Muir? I felt such fun. Let's see where this companionship takes us a thread that was cast so long ago. The evening fully transformed into a deep black of night. A brilliant blanket of stars slowly embraced us with a calm gentleness. I felt each of my senses fully open to their highest point of awareness. If one could only feel like this always, as we do near to the manor. Our path gently wound us through beds of now sleeping flowers and herbs and trees. Fireflies blinked within their shadows, lighting our way, until I noticed a few lights come to life within several windows of the manor. Who is in there, within those rooms? I asked Harry, pointing to the yellow light, flowing like honey into the darkness with curiosity. There are much goings on every night, every day. Even I do not know all that dwell here, he said quietly. We turned round the corner of the manor, its bricks firm and strong in the now-awake moon's light as we passed into a courtyard that I remembered. This is the courtyard of Lily, the laundress. I glanced up to her window, which stood open, white curtains gently blowing outwards through the window as if a breeze resided inside. Lily, you 
Harry stated, giving my hand a squeeze of understanding as he looked to the window on which I pondered. Yes, we are one, our tale so sweetly told. We continued along the courtyard to a small alley between empty walls. It was pitch black, with an inky heaviness thick as molasses. As we entered, I heard a rustling ahead. I was about to question Harry as the rustling continued and grew louder when before us a great musty shadow appeared. Two explosive puffs of mist preceded the appearance of nightmare. She came up to us in friendship, stomping the cobblestones in welcome. We both stroked her large, soft, velvety muzzle. Good Eve, my love. Harry cooed to her. She tossed her head with pleasure in response, sending her long locks of the blackest hair into a fury of swirls and twists. A wind joined this reunion, tossing our hair into this magical moment. (gasps) Hair, shouted within my knowing, such weavings and lovely synchronicities. Nightmare always seemed to be a catalyst, getting me started on a new path here at Gorsky Manor. Harry then easily leapt upon her back, reaching quickly to pull me up behind him, and off we went, deeper into the darkness of the alley. We galloped so quickly, the tightness of the alley adding to a feeling of great speed. All I could do was hold on to Harry tightly as we headed to what beckoned ahead. This I did not mind at all. I began to feel an odd dizziness as we quickly approached a large, closed metal door. Is this the old back door? But I had not the time to consider. As we crashed forward straight through the door, which was a barrier, yet not a barrier. Inside, a large wooden staircase spun upwards, small lighted amber candles at each turn. Up we galloped, my awareness focused on how easily Nightmare navigated these steep stairs. I finally had to close my eyes to try to stay centered and slow my racing heart. It now beat in an uncontrollable fashion, though not entirely unpleasant. And then we stopped. I opened my eyes to the beginning of a short yet tall hallway that cradled a tall, thin, paned glass window. I was immediately drawn to the crescent moon, peeking down on us from the night sky. But it was of a pale green color. Voice had spoken of this. What was it that he had said? I I could not remember. 
we slipped off nightmare, Harry giving her a deep hug, and I stroked her flank with affection. Then she melted into the ether. This hall did not feel the same as others of the manor. The energy made me heady, almost woozy. The walls seemed to move slowly when I did not look at them directly. The pale green moon be our guide tonight, my dear, Harry said with deep intention in his voice. He moved to the window and with his usual flourish encircled the moon with his hands. We must draw her down, he instructed as he beckoned me to join him. I approached the window and raised my hands to join his, to caress the moon gently, coax her down to our bidding. I gazed through my cupped hands and called to her, asking her to come down and spend some time with us, to please show us something magical, something that we seek. She has agreed, Harry whispered, as I felt even more woozy, having to lean against him for support. You will get accustomed to this feeling, Harry consoled me, enclosing my outstretched hands with his, rubbing them gently as we watched the moon encircled in her aura of pale green, flow down to us. She settled within our hands. Her energy flowed down our arms, then cascaded gently from our elbows to the wooden floor. I could see her there upon the floorboards. She began as a crescent form, flat, two-dimensional, then with one deep breath, expand, shifting and turning, growing into something with full dimensions. We stepped back, giving the moon some space to be. At first, she appeared as a bat. Intuition, I felt, but shifted quickly into a duck. Prepare for luck, then a badger, healing of wounds. I was mesmerized by what was appearing and the guidance shared here before my eyes in one precise moment. This is the waxing crescent moon, for she has many sisters. And then, with a flash, there on the floor lay a large skeleton key. I hate to admit this, but I felt disappointed. A key? I mean, how trite can that be? Harry bent down and picked her up. I moved close to see. She was of a greenish metal. The shape of a usual skeleton key, of course, but with many more teeth and much larger. Skeleton key, 
Oh, that made me remember. I had received a ring of thirteen keys at the manor's gate, way in the beginning. There, at the beginning of all this wonderment, I dug in my backpack, feeling for the keys. There they are, at the very bottom. I pulled them out and was about to show Harry when he turned over the moon key, and there was the magic. Within its head, the crescent moon was her regal profile, one bright green eye looking at us, her full lips in a friendly smile. Oh! She shouted, which made us jump. But then we proceeded to laugh and chuckle, breaking the tension. Greetings, dear Shirley. Harry laughed as he brought the key to his lips and gave her a long, sweet kiss of welcome. I took notice of this, for I have not received a kiss from him yet. But... The crescent moon's name is Shirley? Really? What a plain name, I thought rudely. Meow. Could this be jealousy? I remembered that line from the airplane movie. It just popped into my memory. Don't call me Shirley. You are such a rascal. Shirley giggled to Harry. Looking at me, she said, Hello, dear. You can call me Shirley. (laughs) But but it's spelled S-U-R-E-L-Y. Remember that. As I am always agreeable. (laughs) She and Harry laughed heartily again, and I could tell this was a catchphrase that never got old to them. Shirley is the master skeleton key of the manor. When she's not the waxing crescent moon, think of how moonlight can wiggle into every corner or peep into every hole. What's the plan? What's the adventure, Harry? She said with eagerness. We search for the Ouija board. Oh, the inner spaces, the in-between places. Surely shared with excitement and mystery. Yet I was feeling very left out of this reunion. Uh, Where are Feathers and Simon and Shadow? I blurted out. I missed their company, for they paid attention to me. Oh, my dear, they are near. Do not fear. But first, shall we, shall we go in the back door? He said with encouragement. There it be. Harry stated, pointing at a simple wooden door now on the wall. 
that I could swear was not there a minute ago. He took Shirley to the keyhole, and with no trouble, we heard the tumblers click and shift. He pulled a chain from beneath his coat and fastened Shirley to it and handed her to me. You will need her help as we explore the corners of the manor. Keep her safe. I also have these, I said, showing Harry the thirteen keys I had. Marvelous! (laughs) He said with enthusiasm. With great reverence, I accepted Shirley. She smiled up at me as I placed the chain around my neck and looked down at her. She was quite light for the large size of her form. Harry turned the knob of the door and opened it with a long, delicious creak. Inside we went. The candle flickers bright In this dark magic room Your eyes reflect the light Waiting for them to speak The candle's flame does grow The earthly scent below The curtains gently sway to show them on their way. What do we want? What can it be? Could this be what we're searching for? Is this the thing of what magic brings to make all the struggle Our fingers gently touch Our minds are clear and strong I'm glad you're by my side When magic comes our way Their whispers fill the air The breeze flows through our hair It's time to close our eyes And feel their They gently touch my hair Kiss you upon the cheek A creak across the floor A knock upon the door Here in 
What can it be? Could this be what we're searching for? Is this the thing of what magic brings to make all the struggle We stood within the most beautiful of rooms, a perfect room for a haunted house, a perfect room for a seance. Ceilings so high, hidden in the shadows, long gossamer curtains of gray, flowing as if in slow motion. From the tallest of windows, shadowy paintings and things half hidden adorn the walls. A few lonely candles, burning yet giving off little light. Around a grand table in the center of the room, seven ladder-back chairs encircled the oracle. Seven, the number of magic. All except two chairs were occupied by ghostly forms, each flowing in the ethereal gateway they appeared through, all looking at us, broad smiles upon their faces which did not match their cold eyes. My first thought, smiles a little too big for their features, so I felt the need to take a few steps backwards. Come, join us. A womanly form spoke with a voice hoarse and raspy, as if she hadn't spoken for centuries of time. Another spirit called. She held out a hand, such long fingers and nails, a hand attached to a long, thin arm, that held a myriad of bracelets that rattled as she waved to him. Harry took my hand and escorted me to my place at the table, he taking the chair next to mine. I bid thee well this eve, Harry said as he sat upon his chair, Hands outstretched in welcome. Yes, they all agreed and welcomed us. Who be your companion this night? A rather portly gentleman said, directing his attention to me. She be our most recent visitor. To the manor, my dear, he said, introducing me 
patting my hand with a show of affection. What goings are these? What is afoot here? Harry asked, looking around the table at each occupant. We come to assist. Another older woman with large black feathers in her long white hair shared. She continued. What is your wish? Why do you call today? What do you want to know? Maybe it can be so. Harry looked to me and gestured to tell them. The last ghostly fellow who sat next to me turned his head in such an odd angle to face me directly, yet not moving his body at all. His black eyes took my breath away as his long walrus mustache seemed to flow back and forth on its own. All eyes were now upon me. I tried to stay calm, feeling great pressure directed towards me. I have always wanted to experience a seance, but this one was a bit different. I just wanted to run away. Then it began. The table began to shake slowly, with a rattle, then a knock, rising ever so slightly, then dropping to the floor with a jarring of the things on the table, only to float up and tip on one leg, then another. Lovely, oh so lovely, lovely work, quite frightening, really marvelous, simply marvelous. Harry complimented them on their magical goings. They all looked slightly disappointed or more bewildered as this demonstration had not created the result they expected. Who are you all? May I ask? I finally got out. You may, but we won't tell. The portly fellow sitting next to me hissed and grabbed my hand tighter. Now, now. Harry cautioned them with a stern look and stood up. Then to me he said, This is the Gorski Manor. Let us call them our seance team. They are putting in a little goodwill time to, shall we say, clear up some misunderstandings. I heard many puffs of indignation from all round the table, yet they all remained seated and waited. Use your skills. Look into the knowing of what 
needs to be uncovered now. Harry said this with a tone in his voice that they should already know this. They each paused, then closed their eyes and took hold of each other's hands. I was very reluctant to hold the gentleman's hand next to me as he was still looking intently at me. Harry cleared his throat in warning, and the gentleman turned forward, so I slowly took his hand. It was as I expected, cold and clammy, oddly fleshy, as I felt a shiver of revulsion run through my body, causing a great shiver to run down my spine and shake me to the bones. I looked from one ghost to the other. Three candles now appeared on the wall. All else went dark. Cobalt blue, the color of the candles, a color I recalled, were also part of the rabbit clock mystery spell. These candles also burst into life on their own, as did three little cauldrons which spewed large tendrils of what looked and smelled like the most delicious incense. Each spirit began to hum softly, a tune that felt familiar. I could hear nightbirds outside answer their call. I have to say, this moment was amazing, more than I could have ever imagined the reality of it, me here in a seance with so many ghostly spirits and me with them. I couldn't imagine who are we calling upon. I finally settled somewhat and closed my eyes. I sent my energies outward to find theirs. It wasn't hard, for they were each so strong and each so close. I thought to the questions asked, which sadly I did not know the answers to. Oh, so I called to the knowing for assistance. One grand question and waited for the answer. Why do I call today? I said deep inside. But then I heard my words echo through the room. I don't feel as if I had spoken out loud. I felt Harry squeeze my hand in encouragement. All fell silent. I could hear a clock quietly tick-tock somewhere in the manor. All the ghost whispered, I heard their words and saw their thoughts. 
I opened one eye to peek at Harry sitting next to me, his eyes closed in unison with the gathering. I felt a great pressure on my shoulders. All I could do was wait, wait for the answer to come. Uncertainty in my heart, that annoying feeling too heavy, too important, too stressful. Why? Burst from my lips. Such imagery flowed from their lips, depths within each of these offered words, creating and stirring a magnificent alchemy of, of, of play. Oh, a most simple word, a most powerful word of childhood, of the path, the greatest, sweetest innocence of beginnings, joy and the pleasure of timeless time, with restrictions of the clock being unknown. So I so remember the change when I could tell time, yet time so filled with endless learnings, endless magics of surprises and discoveries, the greeting of spirits that live in everything. Yes, a most delightful time. The runes flowed out of the darkness, the gray depths of the void, Gap. I had to open my eyes, and I saw them flowing up from the darkness into this room, there in the center of our circle, bringing their primordial telling. They are who we have called forth. Let her be called to the rune Perthrall, rune of the cauldron of magic, a top hat filled with mysteries. L, call to the rune Lagas, flowing with the waters, exhilaration discovery, diving into the known depths of all and each thing. A. Call to the rune Asus, dear companions, to share the search for new knowledge and new remembering what is known. And why call the rune our gaze, the eternal path we each travel, sharing the journey for a time and our paths cross with dear companions? 
The time of childhood is what you seek. Great ease upon the journey. Convert romp and frolic on the adventure of one's lifetime. Keep the magic feeling alive and more. Following each magical whim. Play. I took in this deep, intense realization, releasing the most long and peaceful breath. The circle followed me. I could hear each spirit breathe. They too, yielding to their most intense release and surrender. One vast, gratifying breath. Why do I call today? I seek that magic within everything. Each has a name. I want to see, meet everything, and play. Maybe it can be so. Why did you change the child to a bat? A ghost whispered this unexpected question. My reverie was sharply stopped. What? I asked, confused, yet feeling deeply guilty as I knew of what they spoke. The tale had been changed by me. You know, but you now understand. And I did. They did not require an explanation, only my confirmation of understanding. No apology was needed. The future will remember the lesson. They each slowly faded away, without a goodbye, without an acknowledgement, without waiting for a thank you. Blessings and hugs, dear listeners. this be what we're searching for? Is this the thing of what magic brings?